Welcome everyone. It's uh, lovely to see you all. I am just checking you can hear me. Yes, good. That's always a good start. Um, so yeah, really uh, yeah, glad to be here once again in the, this precious space of the online Dharma Hall. Um, and perhaps there may be some uh, members of our community still joining us, still gathering in. Um, but we will begin because we are already here. So we can uh, maximize our time together as much as possible. And um, yeah, maybe take a moment to feel the sense of welcoming ourselves as we arrive to be here. Welcoming each other. Feeling that movement of both uh, being welcomed into the space by ourselves, by others, and of welcoming ourselves and others to be here. So just bringing that kind of uh, atmosphere into the field of, of welcoming, of arriving, and being a and with a light interest to see how that impacts our experience. And I'd like to invite us to take a couple of moments to reflect and to feel um, what's the intention that you have for this time or alternatively, uh, who or what you'd like to dedicate this practice to. So, two kind of related, but not exactly the same options. You can do both, of course, um, or just one. Have a sense of the intention, what's my intention for being here, for practicing, for coming into this space of uh, community of practice. Um, and or feeling uh, what you would like to dedicate or who you would like to dedicate this practice to. And I'm going to invite you, if you wish, to put it into the chat so that we can, um, it's both something uh, that can be beneficial in giving words and articulating our experience, um, and there can be something very beautiful in kind of uh, hearing from others what their intention or dedication is. So we have the first one already there. Thank you, Harriet. To gather the mind, to find peace and enjoyment. Yeah. So I'll take our time here both to feel and to articulate, to come home to the present moment and connect. Radiant health for all beings and for myself. Ah, beautiful. To soothe my emotions and to wish for peace to grow in the world. Yeah. And if you kind of find yourself internally kind of having an amen <laughs> to that or a sadhu, as we say in Pali, uh, well said, um, or a hallelujah, you know, just kind of. Uh, allow that internally, you know, we're not hearing you. <laughs> you can even say it if you want, if that supports. But certainly that sense of resonance or appreciation. Oh, yes, well said. To connect with the sense of compassion and connection. To meet all that arises with unconditional love. May all beings know peace. To accept with kindness and compassion how things are just now for me personally in the wider world. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so beautiful to read, to hear, to feel the impact also internally as these intentions and dedications are 
coming through, coming uh, through our network, through our community, uh, individual nodes in the in this web of community. But it's very much a community movement that we can perhaps feel. And maybe we'll move into a practice from here. So if you're still, you know, feeling into your intention or in the middle of typing it, take your time, do that. You know, don't feel you need to rush. Um, and sometimes intention or dedication don't come with, you know, words. <laughs> and that's really fine. We can just feel into that. There can be a really clear feeling, felt sense of something. Um, even if we're not finding the exact words uh, to articulate. and uh, Yeah, so don't feel any sense of rush or pressure. And yeah, we have another one. Kindness and caring to this troubled mind and the troubled world. Yes. Yeah, so let's, let's bring that. Let's bring some kindness and caring and compassion and peacefulness yeah. to our own hearts and minds now through some practice and as we do that maybe also just gently remembering that uh, this body heart mind is also part of the world and so when we bring compassion uh, when we come home to it when we bring unconditional love or welcoming um, or peacefulness into how we're meeting this then we're bringing that into the world and if that's a helpful thing to remember then then you know, take it, <laughs> remember, enjoy. Uh, it's yours, it's ours. So yeah, let's practice. We'll have about half an hour uh, of practice together. So as you bring the awareness, the attention to the body, Heart and mind, feeling what's the appropriate posture for you at this time. And settling into that posture, remembering can be a sitting pra- um, posture, lying down, reclining, a walking, a standing. All of these are helpful postures to practice in according to what is needed by your body, heart and mind, what's appropriate for you. So noticing what a helpful posture will be and then Inviting yourself to settle into it. Making any adjustments, any attunements that are needed so the body is as stable. As steady. As supported and balanced as possible. As we're doing this, the awareness invited, the attention invited into the body and coming more deeply and fully into the space of the body. We can invite awareness and attention to the sensations of contact between the body and that which supports the body, the mat, the seat, the floor, the earth.
this light, curious attention meeting these sensations. Even if you do this every time you meditate, that like to bring light, gentle curiosity and interest to the sensations of contact between the body, that which supports the body as they're unfolding in this moment right now. Letting the awareness, the attention gather with these sensations. Deepening the presence, the interest. With just these sensations of contact in the moment. And gently at the appropriate time and pace for you. Allowing the awareness and the attention to soften and open through the whole body. Finding for yourself what works. It may be that there's still a rootedness in the sensations of contact. From there, the softening and opening out through the whole body. It may be that as the awareness opens through the whole body, the contact sensations kind of recede from attention. And there's enough vibrancy in there of openness, that spreadedness of awareness softening through the whole body. So noticing what works for you. sense of the whole body softening and opening through that whole body space remembering that this practice is an act of kindness and of care ourselves and in the world. that intention is opening to what will be a helpful anchor for our attention at this time. It may be that the body's enough 
Maybe that we want to add in movement of the breath or of the soundscape. We need more pegs for our attention, more detail to pay attention to. But we're keeping the attention wide and soft, the awareness wide and soft through the whole body, even if and as we open to a particular anchor. And the way it flows through awareness through the body. Let's take some time in silence to explore this, settle into it. Whole body awareness, softening and opening. Grounded if helpful. Remembering practice as an act of kindness and care. Including an anchor in attention, either the breath or the sound, if that's helpful. And keeping the awareness wide. And the attention with that flow and movement of the anchor, of the breath or of the sound, whichever one you've chosen. Let's take some time in silence to explore this.
gently noticing what's unfolding in experience. In this moment, it's arising in awareness and attention, without judgment. Seeing if we can meet this moment that's unfolding right now with kindness and with care. Whatever it is that's arising, distraction or deep presence, pleasant or unpleasant, can it be met with kindness, care and interest? Opening and softening the space of awareness in the body again and again as we do this. Deepening attentiveness to the meditation anchor or to the body as we receive it in a kind, caring and tender attention, moment by moment. The breath, the sound, the body life received in tenderness. Again and again, this continues to be our practice. If it's helpful to use phrases or words to support that intention of kindness and care, of tenderness, And doing that, words, images, using them to support that receptivity in kindness, in care, in tenderness and compassion. Everything that arises can be met in this way. Let's continue to explore it.
again and again meeting this unfolding moment of experience and receiving it with care, with tenderness and kindness. Perhaps holding or bathing the breath, the sound, body life with tenderness, with care. Noticing how that impacts experience and continuing to do so again and again. What is it like to receive this moment of sound of breathing, of body sense, to receive it in tenderness, to hold it in tenderness, to bathe it in tenderness. May all beings feel safe and protected. May all beings be held in compassion and tenderness. May we all be free of animosity, of oppression. May we all be free of suffering and its causes.
So please take your time to transition if you choose to transition. There's no uh, rush. And uh, before offering some Dharma reflections, I just want to say a few words about Dharma practice. As you know, these sessions are offered freely in the spirit of Dharma, which means that there is no um, price or expectation, um, you know, in order to be here. It's just an open space that you can drop into and hopefully benefit from. Um, and there's the possibility to practice dana not just through our presence and our practice and our showing up to the space, but also uh, to offer financial support, uh, both to Guy House um, and to myself and the other teachers. So if that's something you'd like to do to support these sessions in particular uh, to happen, um, and um, to support teachers such as myself uh, to offer these, then uh, you're really welcome to offer financial support via the Guy House support page, which I just um, put in the chat. And I'm pretty sure that if you click on that link, then it explains to you uh, what you need to do. I actually haven't checked for a while, so I'm hopeful there. Um, but if not, then... You know, trust your generous heart and your clear, clear enough mind to figure it out. So um, I want to share some some reflections, uh, particularly about compassion, just for a change, um, and. Uh, and particularly in relation to, you know, some people have mentioned at the beginning with the intentions and the dedications, you know, times of difficulty and challenge, uh, maybe both personal, in our personal lives or personal for people that are close to us, uh, maybe um, the, the challenges that the world, world is very much confronting and meeting at this time. Um, and the kind of question of how uh, do we respond to that, particularly through the lenses of, of Dharma teachings and practices. And I have been mentioning uh, a lot recently that I feel um, that we can apply any of the teachings and, and find them beneficial. Um, whatever we remember, whatever moves us, um, but today I would like to, to touch specifically on compassion. Um, and maybe to start with, you know, the importance of intention. Um, you know, we did, I do this at the beginning of pretty much every um, online Dharma hall that I facilitate. Um, and I think pretty much every retreat, a lot of my teachings start with, with that, you know, with just the sense of, What's the intention? And um, how just naming it, feeling into it, getting in touch with it, how that already shapes our experience in a particular way, that remembrance of what's important right now. Yeah. What's important right now? What is it that I'm uh, wanting to align with, that I want to support um, or like we said, that I want to dedicate uh, the practice to and feeling for ourselves and it may be worth reflecting, how does that impact me when I do that? And you can do it right now. It's not limited to doing it at the beginning of a session. We can do it at any time and just feel, oh, what's, what's it like now? When we take time to feel into our intention and um, to have clarity around that, that really supports us um, to understand um, or to become more familiar with the conditions that are needed uh, in order to uh, support it. Uh, so here's my intention. You know, I want to bring uh, kindness to experience, for example. Well, it's supportive to be grounded in the body for that for most of us, for example. Uh, 
Yeah. It's supportive to remember that intention, not just as a kind of, you know, disembodied thing, but to remember what it feels like for us to, um, to experience kindness, both when it comes from us and when it's directed to us. Yeah. That can be something really helpful to do. And so, kind of that reflection of, you know, what are the conditions that support this intention? What are the conditions that lead um, in the opposite direction, that lead away from it? And so, um, you know, really remembering this is a process, a practice, a movement. You know, we want to support and nourish that which we wish to see. As we're doing that, maybe taking baby steps, one of my teachers used to say, sometimes it feels like our practice is like, you know, two two steps forward, three steps back. (laughs) Feel that way. You know, had all this beautiful practice and explorations and manifestations and embodiments, and then I lose it, you know, and I, you know, I'm unskillful with someone, and oh, okay, that's part of the movement, you know, like the in and out breath, and what can I learn? What can I learn from that experience when that happens? And remembering, you know, that that's you know, such a beautiful undertaking to um, support and nourish that which we wish to see in the world and in ourselves. And those two things, you know, helpful to see them as separate, even though we know that they're not really separate from each other. But when I say, okay, how do I nourish that here? How do I nourish, how does that nourish it in the world? So maybe we can already hear, you know, a lot of care, kindness, compassion is important here as we do this, you know, with, with ourselves, you know, a sense of compassion and care and kindness towards ourselves. Sometimes, and we know this, we have our beautiful intentions and that becomes something that we measure ourselves up against. And we fail and we perhaps beat ourselves up. But actually what happens when we say, ah, care and kindness. Like I said, you know, learning to laugh with ourselves a little bit. At those times when we slip down a slippery slope of habit or reactivity. Including that in our learning. Being supported by, you know, things like honesty, like reflection. Really, really helpful. And the bigger picture of growth and of cultivation that we're interested in. You know, sometimes when we're inattentive, we end up nourishing uh, the opposite (laughs) or something quite different to our intention. Nathan and I sometimes have uh, this joke that, you know, we actually, um, because we meditate so much when we're in a role, that sometimes, you know, we're actually nourishing in meditation practice the thinking mind, you know, because we're sitting there and thinking, oh, now I have a group and then I need to do that and I must remember to print that out and, and, and. <laughs> like, um, really funny, you know, to see that, that sometimes, you know, we're actually, if we're inattentive to what's happening, we can be nourishing something that's different to our intention, say, the, the thinking mind. But if we kind of step back from it, as we were doing now in the practice, and we say, okay, I'm receiving that in kindness and compassion, if that's my intention, you know, that that's what's happening, the mind is thinking, it's coming from an intention of care yeah, for others. Yeah. It's also coming from this, you know, controlling aspect of my personality perhaps yeah, it's also there yeah. we see that with kindness not taking it personally and saying okay the thoughts can carry on but I'm tuning in to that which I wish to really nourish here yeah, the compassion the care the kindness yeah, so we can play with um, our experience in that way yeah, we can play with our experience in that way and, you know, I'm kind of giving small examples that are, you know, they're not actually small, they're actually really key. You know, what happens in our meditation practice can be really interesting for us to reflect on. Um, but, you know, sometimes we see this in bigger ways, you know. And, you know. Given this example in the past, you know, that peace protesters who 
um, are embodying the opposite of peace. We see that in the world, we see that in ourselves. It happens sometimes. And um, really being interested in, okay, how, you know, sometimes it's much more complicated. (laughs) It's harder to do, to be really aligned with our intentions and with with those, um, the depth of the qualities that we wish to uh, bring forth. And it's easier for us as human beings to just gravitate to the habits and the conditioning and the, say, the extremes or the polarities. So we kind of can recognize that in ourselves. We definitely see that in our world. Yeah, a world that's moving more and more into um, polarity, polarization, separation and despair. And what happens when we see that and we feel the pain of that? This is painful. It's painful to see that happening in our societies, in other societies, in the world. And then to remember, but we have a role here. There is something we can do. And sometimes I feel almost it's not just something we can do. As practitioners, we, we have this... Um, I'm going to use strong language, we have a wholly noble role in this. A wholly noble role to embody something different, to cultivate something different, to bring forth something different. Not polarization, not enmity, not separation, not despair but actually um, compassion, wisdom, clarity, honesty. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we were in a, watching a, a panel discussion recently and, and there was actually someone there who was a, a Dharma teacher in a different Buddhist tradition than ours. And when they were asked the question, how do you bring compassion to the oppressor? to somebody who you view as an oppressor, they said, I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was very honest, which is a beautiful quality, but it was also deeply concerning. Yeah? You know, deeply concerning. That that is the response, you know. Because we do know. It doesn't mean that we get it right all the time. <laughs> of course we don't, and we need to acknowledge that also. You know, those of us who, for whatever reason, are, have a role of leadership in Dharma communities need to acknowledge we don't always get it right. Yeah. We do fall into extremes. It is confusing sometimes. Yeah. And yet, we do know. Yeah. We know how to aspire yeah, to compassion for everyone. This is kind of one of the basic tenets of these teachings, that this is possible. And that we can do that when we look in certain ways. For example, yeah, that we can see that oppressing is not a state of happiness. Yeah, that causing harm to others is not a state of happiness. For me, that makes compassion quite available. <laughs> I can really see that, yeah, this person yeah, or this group or whatever, they're suffering from these actions right here and now. You can see that this is a human being yeah, that's conditioned, that's um, impacted by ignorance. Yeah. And that we're all impacted by ignorance. But some of us have had the good fortune yeah, to receive teachings, to receive conditions, yeah, which mean, means that we are in positions of less harmfulness, perhaps, and we're making choices towards less harmfulness. But we can still look at somebody else and see yeah, oppressive actions, harmful actions. And we can aspire, you know, and sometimes our hearts will close. But that knowing, that wisdom lens that knows this is not the end of the story. Yeah. I don't need to accept this as the final destination of my heart and mind. No, we can go, I can go further. 
know that more is possible. Maybe not at that moment, but then what happens if I bring compassion internally to this closed heart? Yeah, that softening, that tenderness, that care. And support to also hold the other differently. Maybe not right now, but with time. So compassion and wisdom, you know, clarity, honesty, all these aspects of the teaching, so helpful. And seeing every moment of our lives when we are conscious of what is unfolding in experience as a moment of practice, as a moment of growth, as a moment of possibility. And feeling that um, intention and that wish to make more and more of our moments, moments of consciousness, moments of awareness, moments of being alive and remembering our intentions and then finding ways to bring them forth. And it's possible to not put anyone outside of our heart. Even if we strongly, deeply disagree with their actions. They don't need to be outside of our hearts. Our hearts are large enough, they are, to hold this. Mm -hmm. Even if we disagree or condemn their harmful actions. And so this is kind of something that we're being asked to do as practitioners, I would say, as I kind of pointed to, maybe not all Dharma teachers would agree with me. (laughs) This is what I would say, and this is my understanding of the teachings. That uh, we can um, intend, we can aspire to not holding anyone with enmity. Not shutting down uh, our hearts in the face of anyone. Even if we disagree with their actions. And this doesn't mean that, um, you know, we lose our capacity to discern. You know, we walk around thinking that everything is fine and everyone is good. (laughs) No, we don't need to do that. Actually, we're sharpening, you know, we're honing the discernment and we're honing the understanding of wholesomeness, of what brings well-being, of what brings happiness, deep happiness and well-being to ourselves and others. And what are the wholesome actions that we can take in the world and what are those that are not? So we're bringing forth discernment, we're bringing forth our understanding and we're developing and deepening. Because that's, you know, teachings often spoken of as onward leading and recently I've been using that phrase a lot because I feel like it's so potent onward leading leading more into more depth leading into more embodiment so that we can reach more deeply more fully into this human condition that plays out in this body heart and mind as well and transform the ignorance that is at the root of all the suffering in the world. Our own personal suffering, the social conditioning suffering, the wars, the greed, the destruction of the planet, all of that. What's at the source is this ignorance and we want to through our practice, through our honesty, through our clarity of seeing, through the wisdom and compassion that we develop, through that question, can I not shut down my heart, at least aspire to anyone, without losing that discernment to say, these are harmful actions, so that we can kind of delve down into that ignorance and uproot it, And this isn't easy. It's not easy. It is possible. And we're doing it when we practice. And sometimes it can feel like, you know, our hearts are breaking. Our hearts are breaking as we, you know, face the suffering. So 
you know, such unnecessary suffering that is happening in our world. There is enough for all of us. And yet, and so it can break, we can feel like, ah, the heart is breaking, but can we remember also there that not all heartbreak is a problem? There's this beautiful quote of Stephen Levine, which I often reflect on and remember. He used to say, when the heart grows, yeah, it breaks because it breaks free of that of, the, of its limitations. Yeah? It's growing. It's a heartbreak we can see, of course, to degrees, as a process of growth, as a way of getting in touch with our own tenderness that we can then bring to hold this heartbreak with compassion and also um, let it uh, radiate to others. So not being afraid of the heartbreaking, of the heart hurting. It's part of what brings us here to this path. That sensitivity, that tenderness. And that it allows the appropriate response. Times when we need to care more for this being that is our responsibility. Each of us ourselves, not all of you responsible for me. I'm glad to say. (laughs) For your sakes, quite a tall order. Um, But yeah, that opportunity to care. These opportunities... Um, for change and for transformation for the benefit of many mm-hmm. not just each of us but many in my experience um, and I sometimes say this when I teach about compassion compassion is a, a resource yeah? it's a source of strength and of resilience when it's well developed in ourselves and we only have to look at people who inspire us to see that Mother Teresa Nelson Mandela the Dalai Lama Thich Nhat Hanh so many we see the compassion in the heart is a strength when it's well developed when it's cared for when it is inclusive and it gives the gift of safety I sometimes refer to it in my mind as the great protector protects the world including our own hearts and minds and so you know it's quite an ode (laughs) to compassion and quite a strong strong one came out today but to to really remember yeah that flexibility and movement of compassion it's got to also be in here in order for it to be um in its full power and to serve as um a gift of safety to ourselves and others and to serve as a great protector of the world it's got to be also in inwardly um turned as well as outwardly. Mm -hmm. That capacity to move or just to radiate in all directions which includes this direction, our own direction. I want to just give a little, uh, share a little story to close. I can't remember if I've shared this one recently in in this space, so forgive me if you've heard it uh, in recent times. This is from a few weeks ago um, in Palestine. Um, And I was there for the day with a a group of Israelis. We'd been working in uh, the agricultural lands with our Palestinian friends um, as protectors. Our presence creates a sense of safety. And... Um, as we were driving out of the village, there were three soldiers um, walking up into the village. So we were 
you know, they weren't at the entrance, they were in the village, but you know, on the in the in the road that leads in from the main road. And seeing the Israeli cars, they stopped us and they asked I was in the second cast, they were talking to the people in the first car and they asked my friend who was there, What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And she said, Ah, we have friends here. We have friends here. And they said, uh, but you know, this is, this is Palestine. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And she said to them, I don't feel any danger here. I feel very, very safe. And, you know, they... Uh, the first car drove on at that point and you know we were driving behind them so we we're still slow and as we passed the soldiers I said to them may you be safe yeah as they were carrying on in the patrol yeah. with their helmets and um, vests and guns, yeah, all these modes of safety, and yet, you know, really wishing for them to be safe, and really wishing for them to feel safe, because when we feel safe, that is what allows us to put down our weapons, and yet, sometimes we need to put down our weapons in order to feel safe, (laughs) yeah, this is our you know, some of the reason why we get caught up in ignorance as human beings. Because we get caught up in the sense, when I feel safe, I will put down my weapons. And we don't see that to some degree our weapons, our armor, not just the military ones, but how we face the world. But to some degree, sometimes they are what is inhibiting the safety that we wish for, for ourselves and for others. So making compassion and this wish for safety, making it accessible to our hearts, wishing it for ourselves, wishing it for others, wherever it is possible for us. And when we meet limitations, not the end of the story. That's fine. That's that's as far as it's going right now. And we work there. We work at those edges. And we work at those perceived boundaries. And we continue to feel that aspiration and that faith. That compassion for all is possible. And it's our birthright. All of us. So thank you deeply for your listening and your practice and your inspiring intentions on this path and on this earth. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.